Welcome back, listener. I'm Peter Gibbs, and this is Chew the Clock, a podcast brought to you by Viewpoints. At the time of this recording, it is Monday, September 26th. This week, I have for you the usual weekly update on Riverside City College Sports, a conversation with Stephen Day, the photography editor at Viewpoints, and to finish off, I'll have the world of professional sports in both Southern California as well as the world. And now, let's get on with the show. As always, we begin with football. On September 24th, RCC was on the road at Golden West. It was a battle of undefeated teams. Big challenge for the Tigers, and they delivered with a huge 58-21 victory. Quarterback Jake Retzloff was back to his usual self after a slightly off game the previous week. He completed 28 of his 35 passes for a total of 488 yards with four touchdowns on the day and was able to spread the ball around to all of his receivers. Put more on that a little later. Golden West had a tough time getting things going in the first half. That was mostly due to RCC having the defense force five punts on the first five drives. They were also able to get three sacks, two interceptions, and one fumble recovery in the game. Overall, just all those turnovers, all the sacks, really killed the momentum for Golden West. Any comeback that might have happened just was eliminated with all that. As I mentioned before, Retzloff didn't stick to throw into one receiver. A total of 12 different receivers caught a pass, and every pass caught was for a big game. For that reason, my star of the game can't go to just one person. It has to go to the entire receiving court, just because nobody averaged less than nine yards per reception. So pretty much what I'm saying is if you caught a pass, you either got within a yard of a first down or you got a first down. It was a very impressive performance from the receiving court. Your Tigers will come back home on October 1st. That will be against Canyons. It's also going to be the homecoming game, so make sure you go out and support. That game's going to start at 2 p.m., and I want to remind all the listeners out there that all home games for RCC this year are at Ramona High School. So October 1st, 2 p.m., RCC has homecoming game against Canyons at Ramona High School. Next up, we have women's water polo. The team only had one game this week, and it was a 12-5 victory over Saddleback. That game was played September 21st. My star for this game is Taylor Mason, who scored the same amount of goals as the entire Saddleback team. That's right. Mason netted five goals to help move the Tigers to an 8-2 record on the season. It's a busy upcoming week for RCC, as there will be five games to be played. Orange Coast will come to Riverside City College September 28th, with a start time of 3 p.m. for that game. Then on September 29th, the Tigers will play two games in the Citrus Mini Tournament. And finally, they will enter the Cuesta Tournament and play a game on both September 30th and October 1st. If you remember from last week, I mentioned that men's water polo needed better starts to play closer games. While the team didn't win any of its three games this past week, each one was competitive, which I would say is a good sign. 
The next step for the Tigers is really to have more players step up. For example, in a 12-10 loss to Saddleback on September 21st, only two players scored goals for RCC. Luis Grandi ended up scoring six times, and Relia Minich added four goals himself. However, the one thing that I noticed in the box score for this game is that there were only six assists, which really means that Grandi and Minich had to create their own shots for themselves. What I would like to see from men's water polo is to have somebody step up and create more separation to help things open up for the offense. As of right now, the men's water polo team has an 11-game losing streak and will have one game this week to try and break it. That will be a home game against Orange Coast on September 28th, beginning at 4 p.m. Moving on, women's volleyball kind of had a tough week this week. They went 0-3 and and have fallen to a season record of 3-7. There's one thing that I want everybody to keep an eye on for the rest of the year. So far, the team has not played any games that went to a fifth and final set. That means the Tigers have either won or lost in convincing fashion, with no games really being a close battle. As the season moves on, I would imagine that they play a game to the fifth set, but it will be interesting to see if RCC can fight back if they're losing early, or if they're just really good and the teams they play lose momentum once RCC takes the lead. This next week has RCC on the road twice with a September 28th game at Santiago Canyon. That one starts at 6 p.m. And then they will play a September 30th game at Cyprus that also begins at 6 p.m. To round out RCC sports, we have cross country. Both the men and women competed in the Southern California preview on September 23rd. Just like the previous week, the women ran a 5K race and the men ran a four mile race. Elaine Huntley once again had a great day for our women's team. Out of 138 runners, she placed eighth with a time of 19 minutes, 33 seconds. Unfortunately, the rest of the team couldn't really help out and so the team as a whole placed 7th out of the 14 schools that qualified. Meanwhile though, the men had a good day as everybody on the team finished in the top half of the field. Out of 25 schools, RCC finished 3rd overall. They were led once again by Gavin Condit, who had a great day. He finished 4th overall out of 247 runners, and his time was a 20-minute 39 finish. Cross Country has an off week this upcoming week. They will be back in action Friday, October 7th at the Manny Bautista Mesa Invitational. I'm now joined by the photography editor of Viewpoints, Mr. Stephen Day. Stephen, welcome to the show. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. I appreciate uh, having me on. Yeah, well, it's great to have you. Uh, What I really want to talk about is just your mindset for the most part about how you take photos in sports compared to a news story. Because for those of you who don't know, if you pick up a paper anywhere on RCC and you open it to any page, there's like a 95% chance (laughs) that you're going to see... Steven's photo up there with a nice little cut line underneath it. So what what's the mindset 
Yeah. That you have. Sports photography is so much different than any other kind of photography. Um, I think mostly because you're, um, you don't have a second chance to, to get the shot. You're, yeah. you have that one moment that you're trying to capture, um, in, in any sport, even, you know, you talk, you think about sports that are considered a little bit more, uh, slower paced or like baseball or whatever. There's still these key moments in the game where if you're not paying attention and you don't get that shot, that that's it. You're done. You, you don't get to ask him like, Hey, do that over yeah, again. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. so, or you can't go back and record right. and like figure it out. And like for news, news photos, when you're just wandering around, you're, you're, you're doing an event or um, whatever it's you're, you're trying to catch more of like you know people people enjoying the moment people enjoying the event what the event's about trying to let that tell that story um, but with the with the sports photography you know you're dealing with this, the individual people that you're shooting for um, and I know like right now um, water polo is really big we're currently in water polo season and we're currently in football season and, yeah. and football's been very exciting because you know RCC's just killing it this exactly, season exactly yeah um, and so it's it's been a lot of fun to photograph those games because, um, you know, Jake and Reggie are just a powerhouse duo. Oh, and yeah. they're just, you know, they're so much fun to watch to play um, and that kind of thing. And I think for me, it's it's interesting for me because I'm not a sports fan at all. Okay. Um, I spent a lot of years pretending to be a sports fan. Yes. You know. <laughs> so, it, it, it helps you out. It helps, it helps when you're trying to hide other aspects of your life. Yeah. Um, but so I, I'm very familiar with, like, I spent a lot of years being a Vikings fan. Okay. I spent a lot of years with, like, season tickets to the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, even though I was never that interested in it. But I did I did pick up all the rules. I picked up all the, the stuff. And so that helps, especially because when you're doing sports photography, um, you know, your primary rules are the closer the better. Yeah. Um, and follow the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, or whatever the puck or you know whatever, yeah, whatever it is whatever the it is they're using to play is. with yeah, exactly. um, so you're you're you you want to know where the ball is you want to know where the ball's going to be okay. and you want to anticipate um, where your camera needs to be because yeah. if you're trying to follow the ball with your camera you're not going to get anything mm-hmm. except a lot of blurry ball f- photos yeah i mean um, so, yeah, so um, i think with with football um, you know, usually I'll be I'll be there. I'm trying to be off center of the ball a little bit, um, and I'm down usually with the team, and I'm <laughs> so I'm trying to stay out of their way. Yeah. Um, and you're also you also have to be aware of where the ball is as far as like, are you going to get slammed by two guys running out yeah. of bounds? You know, because I've come pretty close a few I, times. I imagine you <laughs> have. Uh, what I see always different between sports. I know basketball's not in right now, but I always look at NBA and I always notice photography. Just everybody, they have a designated area kind of beneath the basket. But then I look at football and they're on the sidelines. So is there a difference? Obviously, there's difference. But like, what is your preference between having a farther away by the sideline shot or a closer up with basketball, for example, like how close you are? Like with basketball, you you have the benefit of a smaller court. Mm-hmm. So if you're down back under the basket, you can still get pretty decent shots throughout the throughout the field of play. Yeah. Um, with football, obviously, you know if you're down in one end zone and they're down playing the other one, you're not getting anything. Yeah. Um, and so you've kind of got to follow them on the sidelines. Okay. Um, I know for like when when they get down to like the ten or twenty yard line, mm-hmm. a lot of people will shift into that end zone just yeah. because they know like okay, this is going to be a this is going to be a touchdown uh-huh. opportunity whatever um especially with rcc right right exactly so um i have a tendency though to not necessarily go into the end zone because i i don't want to feel trapped by that angle yeah um 
and I've gotten some pretty decent shots across the end zone and from the from the backside. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had more, um, I don't want to say the word. I don't want to say energy because that's a bad bad way of putting it. Being a large <laughs> sports <laughs> photographer um, and an older sports photographer <laughs> with bad knees, yeah, um, it does make it difficult to chase the ball as much as I would like to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think. Where I'm usually at, I can get the, the good angles that I want to get. And then occasionally, like, if they if they make a couple of attempts and they don't get in right away, yeah. I'll usually move into the end zone. And, okay. Um, and then that way I can I can try to catch that on that side. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it, really a lot of it's in the moment. You're just kind of, you're feeling the energy of the team. You're, mm-hmm. you're kind of um, keeping watch about what's going on. And I think in a lot of ways, not being as interested in the sport helps me in that way because I don't get lost in the moment. Yeah. Like, I've noticed uh, some of the other sports photographers, especially this last game we were at uh-huh. um, there were a few of them that were just so engrossed in the game that they were missing like all these opportunities for shots yeah. um, and you know for me I'm just like I'm looking for the moment I don't care what's really happening and sometimes I'm shooting the other team and I'm like oh like you know whatever because sometimes the other team is playing a little better yeah um, not necessarily football obviously this season <laughs> exactly. um, but like, you know for instance uh, we did volleyball the other night okay and uh, the women's volleyball team was struggling a bit, mm-hmm. um, and the other volleyball team was was doing pretty well. And so I, it was one of the first times I'd ever shot and or shot shot and taken 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 volleyball photos. Yeah, and so um, I did kind of tend to drift over to their side a little bit just because I was getting better shots. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I still focused on getting the shots I needed for the paper. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's part of just like you said, you want to feel the moment and you want to know. You want to tell a story through what you see as the better moment, I guess. Is that right. is that kind of right? Yeah, and I mean, for if I was a non-invested, like I'm an I'm RCC invested. Yeah. So when I'm at an RCC game, obviously I want to see them win. I want to get good pictures of the yeah. of the athletes that are playing. If I'm a non-invested person taking sports photography, which I've done because I've gone to different um, games just to shoot mm-hmm. shoot the game and I don't know who's playing. I don't know, you know, yeah. whatever. You don't know if there's so a I'm, star. I'm literally just looking for good photos to take. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you're, you're totally looking to find find the story that's unfolding on the field mm-hmm. versus I think there is a little bit of bias when you're shooting for a specific team like we do. You're looking to pre- pre- present the good story for RCC yeah. right you want to you want to show RCC athletes coming from behind okay. dominating yeah. you know whatever the it is highlight right exactly like that. exactly so you're you're more focused on what they're doing than what the other team is doing yeah um, and that's and that's only natural I think mm-hmm. so what I really want I'm so curious about is like I mentioned you take pretty much all the photos for the newspaper that we have um whether it's a news story, whether it's a life story, whether it's sports, what is the balance like between doing that and doing social life type of deal? <laughs> or like you said, you just go to sporting events that RCC doesn't even play in right. to take a photo for. So what what is it like with balancing your entire life? There's an old expression that you're burning the candle at both ends. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just taken the entire candle and tossed it. The <laughs> so I just I don't even know where the wick is anymore. Um, you know, it's I work full time um, yeah. over at UCR, and I'm a full time student at mm-hmm. RCC. I'm the photo editor here, and I do I'm I'm taking photos two or two or three different event photos 
every couple of days here yeah. you know whether it's sports or um something downtown or um you know last last week we had to cruise up to san bernardino's courthouse at like seven in the morning which wow. who is awake at seven in the morning? exactly <laughs> so um I think a lot of it has to do with how much I enjoy photography, how much I enjoy what I'm doing, um, and the fact that this is the one opportunity that I have to do it. And one of the reasons I came back to college at my age, um, for no other reason, was than to, was to have the experience. Um, I had never been to college before. I'm not here trying to change my career or get into a new career. Um, I'm really here because journalism, photography, these things interested me and I wanted to learn, I wanted to do, and this was the opportunity to do it. And yeah. so I have these semesters to do these things. And so I'm pushing myself to be a part of it, to do it, to do as much of it as I can. Cause I know when I'm done that I'm not going to go, I'm probably, probably not going to go out and get a job as a, a photojournalist. I would like to, yeah, but that would be a huge pay cut. <laughs> so, It'd be more of a hobby at that point. Right. Right. So like I, I have this dream of becoming like a freelance stringer, photographer or whatever, okay. especially for like the LA times sports. Like yeah. I would love to do sports for the LA mm -hmm. times and stuff. Um, or even Press Enterprise or, you know, one of the local papers here. Yeah. So, um, but right now, like, I, I don't have a lot of balance in my life. I do, uh, you know, I'm, I'm out of the house probably 12 hours a day. Um, you know, and I still, I have, I have a husband and a family. And so, you know, like last night we were at Disneyland, Yeah. you know, cause I'm also, I also pride myself on being a Disneyland photographer. There so I want to go there and take photos. Um, so it's just, it's about just doing as much as you can until you're wiped out and exhausted and, <laughs> you know, um, I'll sleep when I'm dead, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's really, I really respect that you have this passion for photography and that you will spend most of your day taking photos and trying to edit all your photos and things like that. Um, I think that's really admirable. And I hope listeners out there, if you have a passion, kind of follow what Steven does where he, he's gone back. You you don't have to feel rushed to, to do what you love when you're so young you can do it at any age as, as steven has said i don't i hope yeah. you don't take that as like no not at all old. no and i mean i'm <laughs> i'm pushing my late 40s now so you know, it's like, um but yeah it's, it's never too it's never too late to, to start something new or to chase yeah. a dream or um you know and even i mean how many of these business major guys out there really want to spend their life in accurate ex acquisitions and yeah whatever like you'll make money and stuff but somewhere there's a passion inside of you that you really want to chase after exactly you know chase that and do it in your spare time and do it when you have the ability to do it and i i think that's one of the things i love about rcc is that it's, it gives people the opportunity to come back here and take a class here and there and do this or that without it yeah. being this massive thing if they don't want it to be and so um you know and even for the journalism side of things i it was so weird when i when i first thought about coming to j20 because i'm like oh these kids are gonna think i'm some weird old man <laughs> what am i doing here and yeah whatever but it's it's been such a great opportunity and i think anybody who has that idea like you know maybe maybe i would like to write for a paper or maybe i'd like to do, come and try it do yeah. it you know and and come take photos take some of the work off my plate <laughs> so uh i know that's not a, a cry for right. it's but, a yeah. small cry for <laughs> All right. Uh, my next thing that I want to talk about is I already mentioned the preference of where you want to take shots from. But what's the preference of 
the lens that you use? Because I know that you've mentioned in the past how for certain sports like football, you have to use a closer up lens mm-hmm. to get better action shots. Or for, say, cross country, you use a lens that you get a wider picture on. Right. So, so is there is there a preference that you usually have a certain lens for a certain sport or do you vary it based off of what a game you're going to? I think for the most part, um, you're going to run for myself personally, because I'm limited by my budget and my ability to purchase lenses and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, I don't have a huge like corporation for funding all that. for mm-hmm. me. Um, I stick to a 70, 200, um, 2.8 lens. Okay. Um, and that's, uh, that's pretty standard as far as, um, sports photography goes across the board and I'll use that in most cases Um, and that'll get me the kind of the kind not only the ability to get in as tight as possible for the shot that I want (laughs) um, but it creates a nice bokeh a nice kind of blurred background the depth of field is where you want it for the shots Um, and then it also with the 2.8 it allows you to make as much use of the uh, available light as possible because other things for like football photography especially Mm -hmm. um you know, when you're sitting in a football field at night and all the lights are on and you've got the, that, it seems really super bright, right? Yeah. You're just like, oh my God. And I remember the first time I was going to do football photography, I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Like this, this light is awesome and I'm going to get these great shots and I had this crappy lens, but it was like a 300 millimeter and I was yeah. like, I was going to be on it. And I got home that night and I looked at the photos and I'm like, these are just garbage <laughs> because the the lighting is so tricky it doesn't it you think it's one thing but it's really not it's just really trash lighting there's a lot of different there's a lot of different shadows that right i'm sure you prefer day games more (laughs) it does make it a lot easier for sure but with the 2.8 lens you get a lot more access to the light that's available you get you get much more um much more to your shot without having to go into a, such a high ISO that you're losing a lot of noise, you're mm-hmm. getting a lot of noise, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but you're right, there are some sports like cross country, um, and then there's certain moments in sports where you want a wider field mm-hmm. of view. And so, um, you know, I'll usually have a, a 2470 okay. 2.8 lens with me as well, and I'll just switch them real quick and take a couple of shots. Gotcha. I know a bunch of people that they, they carry around four or five camera bodies with mm-hmm. all the different lenses they need. I don't want to do that. I can't do that. I'd be, they, I, I'd be thinking about how they're banging into each other the entire time and I just I I never know how they do that Um, the one lens that I really want that I don't have and that I always see is the 400 millimeter 2.8 and that's that's like the I can stand in one end zone and take pictures in the other end zone lens and I you know I want that but you know they're like 12 grand and yeah so no but you'll see like um, if you go to an RCC football game you'll see Bobby Hester um, and he's down on the field he shoots for RCC athletics super nice guy one of the best sports photographers that I know of personally mm-hmm. and he he has that big huge monopod with this massive camera yeah. this huge lens on it and that's that 400 millimeter 2.8 and it's it. it's so great for those like when you don't have the ability to get right there and, mm-hmm. and I'm a little bit pushier than I think a lot of other football or a lot of other sports photographers are I'm going to be where I want to be yeah. and if I'm in somebody's way they can either tell me to move or they can knock me over and I'll get up and go do what I need to do um, but the shot's worth it you know yeah. <laughs> you gotta, yeah, you you gotta, gotta take get that, the shot. Yeah, you gotta take those shots. If you so. see the moment, go for it, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So, and I, I think the the positioning and and whatnot has allowed me to get really good shots that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, good. Well, 
hopefully one day somebody out there might gift you the the lens that you really love. Yeah, like, if you have one just lying around <laughs> for Sony E-mount lens, like, you know, hit me up. It's yeah. cool. All right. Uh, my last thing that I want to talk about is I want to highlight some of your photos that we have so far. Mm-hmm. Um, best shots, in my opinion, that we have so far. Um, if listeners out there, if you haven't taken a look at the Viewpoints newspaper yet, you can always go online to viewpointsonline.org and you can look at the photos that Steven has taken for some of our stories. Um, one that I want to point out is our front page football photo that he took. It's an action shot about someone getting tackled in the field of play. So, Steven, what, I, what is the picture that you're trying to – what's the story you're trying to tell people with that photo? Um, you know, I think with that one in particular, um, if I remember correctly, Jake is running. Uh, he ran the ball, and he's I think he's, like, trying to get a, a touchdown. And um, he evades several tackles. <laughs> and I remember as I'm, I was capturing each of those, um, how great that looked and whatever. Um, but it was that final moment when the, when the guy just is like, everything he's got into him to drag him he's down. Tearing down. Right, he's just tearing him down. And he's I just... pulling him down. It shows, like, to me, like, this particular photo itself, like, it, it's really about, the, um, A... Jake's determination mm-hmm. when he's when he's quarterbacking, like, you know, where are my guys? Where where's this? There's a hole. I'm going, and yeah. he's not afraid to run. A lot of quarterbacks are afraid to run because they don't want to get injured. Yeah, and they don't, they're you know, so valuable. Right, they're very valuable yeah. to the team. Um, but he's just he's and when he runs, he's hardcore. He's not, and you can see like his arm is twisted back, and mm-hmm. he's that guy's just dragging him down. He's giving it his all. Yeah, much, and yeah. the the. I don't want to say dirt because I don't think it's dirt, but whatever the, that garbage is that they have in yeah, those, those Astro Team yeah. is all coming is all coming up out of the ground mm-hmm. and stuff. I mean, that moment just it says a lot about the determination that you see in football, the game itself. Yeah. And so I really loved that moment, that that shot specifically, is which I think that's that's a big part of it because when you're taking pictures, you're not actively thinking about the story. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about like where people are at, what they're doing. Yeah. Is this is it in focus? Is it this? It's afterwards when because I'll I'll come home from a football game with four or five hundred photos. Okay. Um, and then I've got to go through those, and that's when I'm looking like what's yeah. which one's telling the story, which one's mm-hmm. actually showing this victory what, what's or this the best loss one? or whatever. What right. The picture. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I don't want to tell a story in the photos that wasn't wasn't accurate. Yeah. You know, because you can take a series of photos and make it look like RCC just completely destroyed a team when they lost. Yeah. Or vice versa. And so you wanna you wanna make sure you're showing you're you're telling the correct story because you know that's important to it. And so I think that one, especially for that um, particular game, was was key. What I like the most, what I see in this picture is a test of strength, a test of will power mm-hmm. for both players. And I think you capture that perfectly, in yeah. my opinion. Um, yeah, because he's you can tell that defender is just like, this is it. I, I have this last chance yeah. to pull him down. There's nobody else in front of him. He's got a clear shot. Yep. And he did go down. And so they but they I think they ended up scoring anyway. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was just it was that determination of like, no, this far and no further. Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. Um my next photo that I thought was really good. And I know you mentioned it was the water being poured on a cross country runner's face. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned it's really hard to get that photo. Um, why yeah. is that, and what what's the mentality there? Like cross country, and no offense to the cross country runners, is probably one of the most boring sports on the planet. 
Like, it's fair. I, I ran. I ran cross country. I watched my brother run it. It's like you stand in one spot and then you wait for them to come up. Right. I like get you. It, it literally, like they run past you and they're like, okay, so I'm done now for like 15 <laughs> minutes, I guess. Yeah, and exactly. Then, um, so there's this one spot where they're they're coming down the track, and they've got the people with the water. And this particular day, especially, it was like 104 degrees, mm-hmm. and it was like 10 o'clock in the morning, and it, you know, you're just like you're running on the surface of the sun. Everybody yeah. is just near death. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're not, you know, and they don't, they rarely drink the water anyway, but they're just grabbing the water and they're throwing it out of their face. And so yeah. you're trying to, you're trying to capture that moment. Cause that really is the essence of what cross country is mm-hmm. to me is this like, I'm, I'm running and I'm running and I'm running and I'm dying and I'm dying. Yep. And this is, this is my one moment of respite through yeah. this and I'm going to toss it in my face I'm going to cool off right cool off yeah. and, and it's that moment you want to capture because um, you know aside from like coming across the finish line or whatever um, because that really shows the the heart and the the determination of those runners and, <laughs> and what they're doing and so we I, I think Hayden was there with me and we were both um, snapping pictures and we were both chasing that perfect like water in the face shot yeah. and you know you always get it maybe like a, like I have several where the water is like you can see a group of the water just like right in front of their oh. face but it's and it's a cool looking shot but it doesn't really tell the story yeah and so it's it's that one that just hits and splashes all through and um and i think the, the hardest thing you're dealing with is um other runners getting in the way because that's it's a big group spot like yeah. there's very it's not it's rare that there's a single person coming through mm-hmm. um and then besides the runners you've got the people handing out the water and yep. they're they're dancing around and jumping into exactly. your shot, whatever. They're filling up cups yeah. and putting on. And then you're and you're trying to get the shot without getting in the way of the runners too. Yeah. So there's there's a whole lot of elements that you have to try to work around. Um, but we did I did finally get that one shot and I I loved it I, and I was so happy too because it was an RCC runner. Yeah, yeah. perfect picture <laughs> right. for so you. Right, so it was it was great. It was yeah. a good it was a good moment. That's awesome. Um, the last couple photos I have that I want to talk about is back page of Viewpoints, our newspaper. We have both Retzloff brothers. They have a great connection. And then I know in this previous game on the 24th, mm-hmm. you just took a photo of Reggie, the, the wide receiver, hurdling a guy. So there's a difference between the candid photo of just the two brothers posing and then there's the one of the action photo that I think people will really love in this next edition that comes out yeah which one of those two is your favorite one I would imagine Reggie's but Reggie jumping was is a great shot because mm-hmm. it's it's everything you want out of a sports photo yeah um, high action it's it's, it's an incredible incredible shot mm-hmm. I'm very proud of it for myself yeah um, also thank you Reggie for being able to do this <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so, thanks for being a freak athlete right. <laughs> that, that's amazing um, I think initially Hayden Hayden had hit me up about the feature photos and was like hey we want, we're going to do a feature on these two brothers because mm-hmm. um, I know Jake came over from Golden West and so it's, it's yep. kind of like a big thing um, and I, I'm very much the type of photographer that doesn't want to be noticed. Okay. So even at events or parties or whatever, I'm in, I'm behind the camera. I'm hidden behind a bush. You know, yeah. I want to take candids. I want to take photos of people that don't know I'm taking their yeah. photo. Um, posing people is a much different process for me. Um, and then, you know, I have my own 
collection of anxieties and social irritations and whatever. I um, and so it, I was kind of stressed out about that. But Jake and Reggie were super nice. They were super, super cool about it. Um, we went out in the field and we took a couple of like pose shots. And I, I felt dumb because I'm like, OK, so we're going to do this like, you know, cliche senior photo with yeah. your helmet and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, ultimately, that's what people want in those kind of photos. Yeah. Um, but they were super cool about it. And, you know. Besides the fact that this old fat guy is rolling around in the, the ground trying to get it, because there's one shot of them like where they're gonna like stomp on the camera. Yeah. And so I'm like down, laying on the ground, like trying to get the angle on that shot. And I'm just, in my head, I'm thinking, what do these guys think? <laughs> What's going on in there? <laughs> exactly. What are they thinking about this nonsense? Yeah. Um, and so, but it was it was fun, and I think we got a couple of really good shots of them. But it's a different like that's a different aspect of things, and that was new to me. So I was, I I enjoyed the experience of doing it. Yeah. I wish I could have done it better. I'm, yeah, I yeah. like I follow a lot of sports photographers out there. Like um, Terry Pearson's probably one of my favorites, mm-hmm. um, and he does these just amazing feature photos of athletes right. and stuff. And so I one day hope that I can like emulate some of what he's yeah. doing. Um, but yeah, he. That's hopefully we'll we'll do better in the future. So. That, that's all with the experience. Right, right. You're getting there. I mean, everybody's here to learn. First of all, exactly. with college. But I really like those two photos. Uh, I know the Reggie photo will come out in the newest edition of Viewpoints. So check that one out. Mm-hmm. If not, check it out online. And with that. Thank you, Mr. Stephen Day, for joining me. Thank you, Mr. Peter, for having me. (laughs) Is there anything you want to tell the listeners out there that you're working on or something that you want them to check out before you go? Um, No, you know, I mean, I just I think that Viewpoints is doing some really cool stuff. And um, if you if you come to school here, like, I think it's important to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so check out the paper and and read it regularly and, you know, um, get involved. Yeah. That, so. That's pretty much, that's well said. It's nice and simple and it's to the point. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. All right, have a good it. one, man. Thanks. Thank you. Let me tell you, Stephen is such a nice guy to talk to. I really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you enjoyed that, listener. Make sure to check out all his work on viewpointsonline.org or in the school newspaper. And with that, it's now time for the SoCal Sports Update. With a little over one week to go in the Major League Baseball regular season, there are still so many possible outcomes. In the American League, as of this recording, so remember, it's Monday, September 26th, there are division winners of the Astros, who have the top seed in the American League, followed by the New York Yankees, and then the Cleveland Guardians. But it's the wildcard situation that is still to be decided. As of right now, the Toronto Blue Jays have a slim lead over the Tampa Bay Rays and Seattle Mariners for the top wildcard spot, and the Baltimore Orioles are still trying to stay alive and somehow make it to the playoffs. Remember that this year in Major League Baseball, there are three wildcards instead of two in prior years, so four teams are fighting it out for three spots in the playoffs. For the National League, the Dodgers have officially clinched the best record in the entire MLB. They will host the World Series if they make it that far. Meanwhile, the New York Mets are the second seed in the National League, and the Cardinals are the third seed. However, there is one tiny thing that could happen. The Atlanta Braves are right behind the New York Mets, and so if the Braves win their division instead of the Mets, 
the Braves get the second seed and the Mets fall all the way to the fourth seed, which is the first wildcard spot. Regardless, the first wild card will end up playing the second wild card, which will either be the San Diego Padres, Philadelphia Phillies, or Milwaukee Brewers. Also in that wild card situation, the last team to get in will end up playing the third place team, which at the moment is the St. Louis Cardinals. So with 10 days left in the regular season, we have the Padres, Phillies, and Brewers fighting it out and two of those three teams will make it to the playoffs while the last team will get kicked out. In the world of football, we had both the LA Chargers and LA Rams in action on September 25th. The Chargers were at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Unfortunately, they lost 38 to 10. Pretty much in that game, to summarize, Justin Herbert was fighting through pain. He couldn't really throw the ball. You could tell that he was not in it. So hopefully for the next game, he is 100% because they need him. The Chargers need Justin Herbert if they want to go far. Meanwhile, the Rams were on the road for the first time this season. They ended up winning 20-12 against the Arizona Cardinals. Pretty much in that game, defense played well. That was all that was needed. As for college football, UCLA and USC played September 24th, and they both had very different games. UCLA began Pac-12 play against Colorado and had a blowout win. 45-17 was the score. It's one of the best starts for the Bruins in recent years because they are 4-0. We'll see how far they can keep this winning streak going, but it's a very promising start for Bruins Nation. On the other hand, though, USC struggled offensively, and they had to come back to beat Oregon State 17-14. The Trojans had four interceptions off of former Paloma Valley quarterback Chance Nolan. Nolan graduated from Paloma Valley in 2018. He's been moving around the nation trying to find a spot, and as of right now, he is the Beavers quarterback. As for the Trojans, they are now 4-0 and are the sixth ranked team in the country. In the world of basketball and hockey, not much has really happened, although both sports have begun preseason activities this week. It'll be a good time for the Clippers to develop chemistry, the Lakers to end up seeing who will be in the rotation and who's going to stand out on the team. The Anaheim Ducks are going to work on staying consistent, and the LA Kings are going to try and bond together again so that way they can go on another playoff run. Finally, in the world of Major League Soccer, so MLS, both LAFC and the LA Galaxy won their latest matchups. That brings LAFC to still be the top team in the West, but the Galaxy have moved up to the fifth playoff spot. There are seven playoff spots in the Western Conference for the playoffs, and there's about a month left in MLS play. As for sports outside of RCC, I have the legend of the day and an update for the President's Cup. Albert Pujols officially became the fourth player in baseball history to hit 700 home runs. He hit two against the Dodgers on September 23rd in an extra fun moment for fans, and for that, he is my legend of the day. If you listen to last week's episode, you'll remember I talked about golf, The President's Cup finished play September 25th, and the United States defeated the international team by a score of 15.5 to 11.5. 
Finally, after a brief break for international team play, club soccer around the world will start again. The top leagues will all be in action on the weekend. That's all I have for this episode of Chew the Clock. I want to give another big thank you to my guest today, Mr. Stephen Day. He was such a joy to talk to. Make sure you check out his work one last time, viewpointsonline.org or Viewpoints newspaper around campus. Until next time, I'm Peter Gibbs, saying so long for now.